It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. And I've been quite the hot mess lately dealing with winter skin issues and allergic reactions to face masks. I haven't worn a stitch of makeup in almost a month. I'm giving my face the mother of all breaks while I sort this mess out. So, this podcast, it's for me. <laughs> But it's also for the rest of you sensitive snowflakes out there. We're talking with Dr. Manisha Singal about face trauma and preventative measures for those masking up all the time. And about the various things that affect the condition of our skin, like genetics, food, sleep, sun exposure, and smoking. We also explore cannabis allergies, skincare tips, and cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. And last but not least, the benefits of high-quality lab-tested CBD products to treat skin conditions like acne and eczema. Dr. Singal is a board-certified internal medicine physician and chief medical officer of Bridgepoint Hospital in Washington, D.C. She has studied CBD for the past five years and is actively on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. She serves as a critical care physician in an ICU one mile from the U.S. Capitol building. Dr. Singal is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania, George Washington School of Medicine, and Georgetown University Hospital for Residency Program. She has actively seen patients for more than 20 years and is a frequent speaker and authority on the many uses of CBD in medicine. In addition to being a critical care doctor, Dr. Singal holds licenses to prescribe medical cannabis in Washington, D.C. and in Maryland. And she is a member of Americans for Safe Access, 
Women Grow, and the International Cannabinoid Research Society. Today's podcast is lit by White Ash Group. As the cannabis industry inches closer and closer to federal legalization in the U.S. and cannabis consumption becomes normalized, more job seekers will be looking at cannabis as a valid career choice. And White Ash Group is North America's premier choice for cannabis staffing, recruitment, and executive search. If you're ready to get paid to be yourself in the cannabis space, submit your resume at whiteashgroup.com. And you industry trailblazers out there with a growing business, White Ash Group provides pre-screened and vetted, top-tier talent, and custom hiring solutions so that you can feel good building your dream team and more work-life balance. From roots to suits in the U.S. and Canada, visit whiteashgroup.com to learn more. Tell them Joe sent you. Manisha Singal is a doctor that became the patient, and she didn't like the information other doctors were giving her. This chat is chock full of great information from tip to tail. Whether you're looking for natural solutions to skin conditions, or you're giving a run at aging gracefully and being kind to your body, this podcast is most certainly for you. So relax in your own skin and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Dr. Manisha Singal, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I love it. <laughs> So I know that you are a very busy woman. You are on the front lines in Washington, D.C. as a chief medical officer at one of the major hospitals there. So I really appreciate you hitting the pause button to talk to us today. Thank you. So it's a pleasure being here. I want to talk about masks because the whole, <laughs> you know, we're talking about um, skincare today and taking care of our skin health and all of these things. And I have really sensitive skin and I wore a mask on Sunday for the longest that I've ever worn a mask because I was traveling on an airplane from Texas to California and I had a layover and I had worn a surgical mask because that, from what I had read, the bandanas and all that stuff just collects moisture and it's not Great. First of all, I don't know how the heck doctors and nurses go around wearing that stuff all the time. It's like your face must be made of steel. It's traumatic. So it's not just the mask knee. But, um, I don't know if you're if you've heard about um, ulcers, people who lay in bed too long and they get traumatic wounds. There's also what's called device-related wounds. So if something lays on you too long, it cause an indent, it can cause trauma. But these masks, especially the N95 and, and these other masks, this airtight, it like sucks into your skin. I mean, I can't tell you myself, everybody, we have outright trauma, skin breakage, muscle breakage. It, it, it would take weeks to heal from it. It's painful. Dermatitis, you name it, everything erupts. Yeah. And I understand when, you know, you in the hospital needing to have those on around patients. 
Have you seen any actual studies that, you know, me walking down the street with a mask on, like that's helping us avoid COVID? I mean, because what I have read, and I'm so glad I have a doctor in front of me right now, but what I read was that the virus is, the particulates are smaller than the mask and it would just go right through. And you know, my sister equates it to putting a banana in your tailpipe. And, you know, how long do you think your car is going to be healthy when you're covering the exhaust? And, you know, our our nose and our mouth is, it's our intake and our exhaust. Uh, so, yes. So the virus itself um, is, is, is micros. It's, it's much smaller than what a lot of these masks allow. But but notice the virus has to be on a particle to travel. So it's not like the virus is in the air free floating. So it's on mucus. It's on um, any other particle that we admit. And that's how it travels. And that particle in itself is now a little larger. So these masks, whether you're using a surgical mask, even cloth masks, the goal is having layers. The more layers you have, the more you can entrap and keep either your own particles from escaping to other people, let alone, you know, getting it yourself. So, you know, I've been all over the map when it comes to masks in a hospital, in an institution, 100% first line responders. We have to wear those airtight masks where let's say you have an aroma or a perfume. When you wear these masks, you can't smell it. That's how airtight these masks are. Um, and that's how we test to make sure that we have the right size to fit our face. The best thing is to have the inner layer, some of this moisture wicking, so you don't get you know, additional trauma to your skin. Um, but also consider this stress. So what's going on inside our body? So it's not just the topical application of the mask, but our own stress factors and release factors are also causing internal havoc that shows on our face as well. It's almost the mask is tipping us a little further. Absolutely. I believe that. Um, you know, and one of the things that I've been doing because I have sensitive skin and scalp issues, I bought from MedLab Diagnostics these um, pH strips because I am like, okay, these things are happening on my skin. What's happening in my body? And I have been using them religiously multiple times a day for a month. And I will tell you that when I got home after having that mask on all day, it's most acidic my body has been the entire time I've been doing this experiment. So I was curious if there was any correlation between that. Uh, as far as how acidic our skin is? No, and then, the having your face covered up, like I said, breathing your own exhaust for 12 hours. Oh, absolutely. And then is wearing the mask for long periods of time, like frontline workers, you know, people that are immunodeficient or whatever, and they need to wear these masks. Is there long-term vulnerabilities to that? Uh, definitely short-term. Um, long-term, it oftentimes is going to really depend on your underlying health. So if you have a skin reaction, an acne flare, psoriasis flare, there's so many host, there's so many factors that play into it. And the mask just provides an environment to further irritate 
our skin. Um, as far as long term, it depends on your health. You know, if, if an, an individual is unhealthy and they're having repeat trauma, that there's going to be some consequence to that. But for most people, once you remove the mask, um, give it some time, maybe apply something topical, it should go away. But everybody's different. Yes. Now, do you have a recommendation on a style um, or type of mask that is better for sensitive skin or for people who are having to wear them a really long time? Uh, great question. And I'll be honest, no. It, it really just comes down to we're all individuals. We all have our own chemistries. We all have our own skin sensitivities. I know what I do. Um, I actually... Believe it or not, I, I, I do use a CBD, CBD topical oil on my face before I put that mask on because I know that these oils can be healing. It can help decrease irritation. So in the morning, I won't put anything on. I'll put a little bit of the oil on my face, let it dry. I'll wear the mask. Uh, I'll experiment. And I've noticed for me that it's really helped to reduce the trauma from wearing a mask. And then I'll have my post uh, habit of, you know, lightly washing my face, patting it dry, and then applying some oil again so it could heal. But, but that's me, and it's worked for me. Okay, that's good information. And, you know, yesterday I had one patch that was very inflamed, and it had, you know, like a fever. I could, It was hot to touch. And mm. before I went to bed last night, because I'd stopped using CBD on my face because of the drying effect that I have, just from my skin type. But before I went to bed last night, I did put a CBD salve on that one spot. And I woke up this morning and it had gone down, you know, dramatically. I still feel a little heat in it. But um, but yeah, I absolutely think that CBD and cannabis in general um, are helpful. <laughs> and I mentioned this to you in the green room before we started. I'm completely fresh-faced for our conversation. I have been dealing with skin irritations from different types of masks, like I was wearing the the one around my neck, you know, the bandana thing, and started getting rashes around here. So I have just stopped wearing makeup. I have stopped using all of my products, and I've just gone back to basics. I have different oils sitting on my counter, you know, castor oil or neem oil, rosehip oil, and I'm like, okay, which one am I trying today? What combination can I use you wrote a book all about CBD skincare, and you were inspired to do that from your own skin traumas that you were facing. So tell us what happened to you that inspired you to write the CBD skincare solution. Uh, yes. You know, um, I think for a large majority of us, our passions arise from what affects us, and then we look for solutions. And for me, it came from hair dye. Hair dye, as we all know, is chock full of chemicals. And um, it just so happened after a number of years, I developed a skin reaction from hair dye. So it was on my scalp, my neck, and it just erupted. So it was my arms, my back, my legs. And, um, you know, I was working with some colleagues, uh, specialists to really come up with, you know, how can I heal from this reaction? So, you know, yes, I'm a doctor. As a physician, we do prescribe medications, but my mantra is always less is best. And I'm constantly peeling back drugs that my patients are on cautiously and carefully because we know that 
uh, medications, even something like Tylenol, you could have reactions to. So, and I will avoid Tylenol unless I'm in severe pain and super high fever. I will avoid anything and everything. So my, my group of friends that were trying to help me and colleagues, they're not putting me on a host of medications, steroids, antibiotics. Even one of my uh, good friends said, well, take a bleach bath. I never even heard about that, where you put bleach in a bathtub and then you soak your body. So physiologically, I was getting some relief, but not what I was looking for. Uh, it was very painful. could barely sleep. Psychologically, I was like, great. These drugs are now wreaking havoc on my health, gut health, otherwise, which does have a long-term effect. Around the same time, I was already reading about cannabis and CBD. Here in D.C. at George Washington University Hospital, they actually had a few courses on the biochemical properties and what has been already been studied on CBD and cannabinoids. And what really struck me was the anti-inflammatory benefits of this, of this compound. So around the same time, it's like a perfect storm, but in a positive way, I was already working with um, and partnering with a lab here in Maryland. It's a green lab, fairly well known. And their owner was good friends with my husband and myself. And we're like, you know what? It'd be great to cause, you know, to have a a business where we produce our own non-toxic skincare line and something that could help me as well and, and help other people. And that's really how we'd started this journey. It, it took a few years of, reach, of research, testing. My nurses um, provide themselves as, as guinea pigs to see how the serums worked. And it probably took us about two to three years before we had a product that we can actually put on market. But that's how this all came about. Um, I needed something that was not the typical chemical that we typically apply to our skin and in our bodies. I need something non-toxic, something that could work for me. And Joe, I'll tell you, you know, the interesting thing was, I thought about this back in 2016, you know, our skin is constantly fighting off infections and inflammation. And we talk about antioxidants and eating well and sleeping well as part of our health care. And as I was studying about this, I was like, you know, I wonder if you applied something on the skin uh, that has these properties, could it help keep our skin from getting infected and erupting? Um, so now here we are several years later, and I'm using it to help protect my skin from you know, the complications of wearing a mask. Yeah, and I definitely know that feeling of, you know, I need a solution, but stop trying to pump me full of steroids. You know, I went to a dermatologist about my scalp and how easily my skin will get irritated. And the solution was to give me this steroid, something to put on my scalp, but it was, now make sure you don't get that on your face and immediately wash your hands. And I'm just like, what kind of poison am I putting on myself? Exactly. I'm constantly looking for whole plant solutions to skincare problems. And, you know, one of the things that I've discovered through my experimentation with CBD is that for someone who has dry skin to start with, CBD as a, you know, moisturizing skincare solution doesn't really work. 
And so I was curious to find out from you because I want to get all of the benefits, but also not look like a reptile. If I'm ingesting CBD, is that having those positive effects on my skin or do I really need to put that CBD on topically? Uh, Both. You can do either. So yes, by ingesting CBD, there's various ways of, of ingesting, right? Sublinguals, um, edibles, uh, smoking, but I wouldn't, yeah. I'm not really too much. I, I have no problems with recreational use, but personally, I like the more the immediacy of a sublingual uh, or, or a gummy. But, uh, but yes, you know, our skin is, is a window as to what's going on inside of us, you know, our, our health. So think of it as an armor, right? Our skin protects us, but we have to protect our skin as well cannabinoids really work well with our own internal systems. And again, all of our chemistries are different to sort of help right size whatever is imbalanced in our immune, you know, when it comes to our immune health, um, it's great antioxidant. So I do in in my research and also just personally, I see uh, benefits for taking and ingesting CBD or cannabinoids or something that's full spectrum. But there's also benefits for topical, depending on the topical, how it was formulated. That's really key. Uh, Everything you see on the shelf or online is going to be what you actually receive. There was a study that was done. It was reported in the, I believe it was the New England Journal and as well as JAMA, uh, Journal of American Medical Association, where they did a study. They went on Amazon. Um, I think there's like 80 products that they tested. And they looked at what was being reported that was in the product to what was actually, what was the results of the test. A large majority, over two thirds, actually it was even more than that, of what we, what people buy on Amazon did not contain what they said it contained. Either had minimal to no CBD um, or there were other contaminants that were in that product. So you just have to be an informed buyer. You have to know what's in the product. What you're reacting to could be because of CBD or cannabinoids, right? It's not just CBD. Um, Or it could be because that product was exposed to pollen or some plant wax or uh, some other contaminant Mm -hmm. that you aren't aware of. So this is where working with a dermatologist, getting patch testing to really do that sincere evaluation of what's causing you a reaction. Yes. And I remember looking at that study. And I will tell you that the formulation piece is so important because CBD is a really fickle cannabinoid to work with. And if you heat up an oil too hot and you break that oil, I saw in an instance where um, olive oil was heated too high and it basically ate the CBD. And so the CBD was in there, but when that test was done, the certificate of analysis showed that there was zero CBD in it. And I knew for a fact there was CBD in it. And the product, it still helped. It still worked, but the certificate of analysis didn't match the formulation. And so a lot of it, if you don't have smart scientists who are the chef of this formulation, you absolutely can get those really weird readings or, you know, end up with a product that you didn't intend. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. And that's why, um, so for our skin line, um, Ethera Beauty, 
what I really respect is our scientists, of which, by the way, many of them are women, which is amazing. But they're like super smart. Um, they're the real formulators. I'm just going for the ride, right? I, I want the first benefit. I mean, I don't know if every girl ever thought about having their own skincare line. It, it's pretty cool. So we have two product lines. One is botanicals. Active, they both have active botanicals, but one is our actual CBD line. And um, our moisturizer is called the Everyday. That's actually our hero. And they've done some cool, interesting reverse emulsion, which and I'm not a scientist, but I'm learning so much and have a real appreciation. But um, if my team hasn't sent you the product sample, I will send you a package. But I'd be interested to see, and, and just do a patch test first. Don't put it all over your face. But try the everyday moisturizer um, that can be laid on top of whatever other oils or just plain, just after you wash your face, dry it. You could wear it without putting anything else on top of it or it can be underneath makeup. But I'd be curious to see what your experience is. But I really trust this team, their veracity, their attention to detail. This is why it's taken us years to come up with a product that we can really stand behind. Formulating topicals is not easy. The CBD itself, pure CBD isolate is hard, it's sticky, it's like this brown, dark, hard candy. And to have to repurpose that in some way that can hold and have a shelf life, yes, it's amazing. I mean, we do want to go into full spectrum, but I can tell you, we just want to make sure that we got the formulation right before we started to, and it's expensive. It's, it's an expensive process. But irrespective, and for anyone who's listening to this and viewing this, please take a moment uh, look at the labels. We look at labels for the foods we eat. We look at the labels for, you know, the toys that we may buy for our children. Buying topicals is no different. Take a moment, educate yourself. It's interesting. Learn what a COA certificate of analysis is. Um, test patch it. I would not recommend layering. So if you're going to try a new product, I wouldn't put that product on and then put your other products on top of it. So because um, you want to see if you're having a reaction to it. Sometimes you can have a reaction because you're layering products on top of each other. So that's something that I've learned as well. Yeah, that was one of the things I really identified in your book was that moment when you're like, okay, I have to just like get rid of everything I have and start from scratch. Yes. Like, okay, what I'm putting one thing on my face right now. And I've been in and out of that experiment for the past couple of years. And I actually did start my own skincare company because of exactly what yes. you just said. So mm -hmm. I have a muscle rub that's rolling out um, hopefully oh. later this month. And that's what I ended up putting on my face because I was like, okay, I'll just put a touch of this on and see if this works. But, you know, our skin is our largest organ. We mistreat our skin so much and it can be such an indicator for what's happening inside of our bodies. And I really like in the book how you kind of spell that out. And I wanted to touch on a few of those things. Mm -hmm. We're all precious snowflakes. We all have, you know, our our family's genetic history and that sort of a thing. And, you know, as I've been dealing with scalp issues, I have a sister in Texas that is as well and a sister in Tennessee that is as well. And we're in three completely different environments, but we are sharing a, a common issue. So, you know, I thought that was a really smart tip when we're having issues with our skin, like 
pick up the phone and call mom and dad. Like, <laughs> like, do is this something that runs in our family? Like, just speak on that a little bit. As far as our genetics and, and our skin or like what you see and what well, that can be. Well, some of the things that we should be looking out for, like if we're having skin issues. Yes, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's really fairly basic. First of all, genetics, right? That That's everything we can all understand. If we're prone to certain conditions, that's going to show on our skin when we're having an exacerbation or flare. Um, exposure to sun, that can cause our skin to age faster because of the damage that the sun is doing into the layers of our skin. Um, the foods that we eat, there's certain foods that are pro-inflammatory. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's fun to learn about. You have to learn the whole book because that can become overwhelming. But it's interesting to learn about, okay, what are those foods? Okay, they may taste great. They may give me that, you know, shoot my endorphins and make me have a little more energy. But there's a, a consequence to that. And that can show in our skin. Uh, processed sugars is what I'm referring to. Sleep. And I've tested this myself because as physicians, a lot of times we don't get that much sleep. And what I'll do is I'll look at myself in my face. I'm like, okay, I have these bags on my eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling doughy, whatever it may be. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just try to get some sleep. And, and for each of us, it's different. But for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what it feels like getting seven hours or eight hours of sleep. Joe, when I woke up the next morning, I kept looking at my face. I'm like, okay, there wasn't that puffiness underneath my skin. And my skin felt better. And I just had more energy and people don't realize that with sleep when you're in that supine position and there's a host of reasons I won't give you too much of a medical lesson but you actually get more blood flow to your skin all of your skin one of the great things that blood carries is oxygen oxygen not only gives us energy but oxygen drives our healing processes throughout our body and especially our skin. So, you know, if there is a takeaway, get unexposed sun when you most need your vitamin D. So that's like from 11 to 1, 30 minutes is all you need. So don't put any sunscreen during that time. And especially with COVID, vitamin D, everyone should be on vitamin D, especially if you're in the Northeast or Northern parts of, of America. Sleep, very important. What I was going to tell you, you know, smoking, is, is wreaks havoc on our skin. It, it, it deprives us of, of good oxygen flow in our body. Alcohol, same thing. Alcohol affects you know, our liver, our kidneys. It, it affects our ability to metabolize the very things that we need to keep healthy. So moderation or avoidance, foods. I mean, there's a list of things that we touch upon. But this is, this is no, I mean, pick up any social media site or any, physician, they're going to say all the same things, but, but there's a reason why we know that modifications in these various areas makes us feel well, gives us, allows us to live well, live longer. And you can see that on your skin. Absolutely. And I will say they don't call it beauty rest for nothing. 
And, you know, I'm a 44-year-old woman. I, I don't have children, and I get seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And I got carded for my bottle of wine at the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and that is, I'm like, okay, parents s- start getting so little sleep that uh-huh. it has to be the cannabis and not having kids is how I stay young. Yeah. If I can say this, Joe, um, what I've seen with my patients, and I probably work in the intensive care unit, and even there at the bed or with, with patients, family members, it's so fearful when, when doctors say, okay, wellness, health, you know, it's almost like, okay, oh my God, you're going to tell me a long list of things to do. And I really like to say, look, for all of us, it's different. It's just taking one step every day, maybe one modification. It's Okay. If you're not consistent every single day, but small steps like just getting a little bit more sleep, a little bit more hydration, um, maybe avoid the office donuts. You know, if, if there's a celebration once a year, twice, whatever, every small little thing that you can do to be kind to yourself makes a difference. And I'm all for anything that can make a difference and to keep people out from our intensive care units, keep people out of our hospital. And especially now with COVID, it's more important than ever that we take these steps um, to be kind to ourselves and, and treat ourselves so we can live the way that we desire. Well, and to me, I find a message like that very empowering because that means that I'm in control of my health and wellness and not the person in the white coat that I'm, you know, putting my hand yeah. out and asking for pills to fix something because that is the modern day mentality. People want a quick fix. They don't want to change their diet. They want you to give them a magic little pill to take. Yeah. And hydration is something that is always an issue for me. I feel like I'm never hydrated enough. I don't think any of us are probably ever drinking as much water as we need to. And especially as we age and we start thinking about these things or, you know, starting to look in the mirror and like, you know, (laughs) checking out the chin. And so that's one of the things that I also want to talk about now is I'm an evangelist to both men and women to start adding CBD to their diet as they age to do it more gracefully. You know, CBD fights skin aging. So can you tell us a little bit how that works? Uh, first of all, aging is natural and there's no pill because I'm asked all the time that can make us go backwards in time. So let me just put that out there. There's no crystal ball, but CBD has properties that you, you, how many times you've heard people, Oh, get your antioxidants, you know, have your fruits and vegetables and grains. Think of CBD or cannabinoids as the super, a super antioxidant. It's, I'm going to throw a number out there. No, I don't have anything to prove it, but it's literally almost 10 X the power of taking that vitamin or getting your natural vitamins from food and the combination of it. Uh, it's, it's pretty wonderful. It's, cannabis has been around for what? 10,000 years. People have been extracting value from this plant all the way from China to the U S it's gone through all the countries in between. Uh, the last, few decades, we're finally doing some real work, some scientific work around the world to unlock what are those properties. But in the meantime, I'm a proponent for, again, 
there would be some reasons, contraindications from taking something that is cannabis and you would really need to talk to your doctor. I have a, a chapter in my book that speaks to it, but um, I, I like it as a supplement. I, I take a very tiny dose, microdose of CBD every night because I feel that in some form or fashion, it's, it's helping me, whether it's to sleep, um, as an anti-inflammatory, as an antioxidant, I feel better. I've tried it where I don't take it to sort of see what the difference is. But uh, I do believe adding a little cannabis or CBD in your daily routine, that there's a benefit for that. Absolutely. And the fact that inflammation is the cause of most disease in our bodies anyway. So the antioxidant and the inflammation relief, those two things right there, it's like, that's enough said. Like that's, CBD is beneficial in that way. There are a lot of specific skin disorders and diseases that, you know, a lot of us complain about that CBD is good for. And you touch on these in your book, everything from acne to shingles to bacterial infections. Do you want to speak on that a little bit about some of these sure. main issues that people end up running to a doctor to get some sort of pill for when we could potentially be using whole plant medicine instead? Um, so I'm going to answer the question in a different way. Okay. When somebody has skin inflammation or a rash, acne, um, psoriasis, it's painful. It's itchy, right? It, it causes not to feel well. What's the first thing many people do? They go and start scratching or they, they touch their face. They touch the very thing that's causing them to feel unwell. The very act of scratching and touching is causing more trauma to the skin, more inflammation, spreading of infection. What do we know about cannabinoids such as CBD? And, and, there's, and there's other, there's CBG, that there's a host of other compounds that we're trying to unlock the properties is because they're anti-inflammatory and they're soothing, just putting that either on or around that rash, the initial effect of just the soothing nature will decrease your risk of causing more trauma by trying to touch it and scratch it and, and wash it. So there's a benefit to that. With acne, what we found is by putting um, a CBD topical around the pimple, not necessarily on it, it almost entraps and it reduces inflammation from spreading to other parts of your skin, allowing you to heal better. We have seen also that there's some decrease in the sebum and the oil development that can exacerbate acne as well. Now, acne, we have acne eruptions for a host of reasons, hormonal, what we eat, genetics, um, stress. So there's a lot of compounding factors for an eruption. But with CBD, you can literally strangulate that area and you can strangle, meaning you can, you can surround that pimple from getting worse. And it's not a magic over the night. Some people may feel something faster. Some people may take a little while. You can pair a topical with oral, as you mentioned before, that helps to improve our immune system and our fight. I'll give you a quick little story. Um, and this is not, I'm talking about my product, but I had my product with me anyway. I went, before COVID, we went someplace that was out in the countryside, mosquitoes, went for a little walk in this nice little town, came back and my legs were peppered with mosquito bites. 
So first thing you want to do is you want to start scratching. My husband fell asleep, and here I was just having this extreme discomfort. I'm like, okay, what do I do? What can I use? I don't have anything. Nothing I can do to give me relief. I'm like, wait a minute. I have that little bottle of one of my serums. Let me just see, right? So I took my serum. I didn't want to waste it, but I took a little bit. I started putting little dots of that serum all over my mosquito bites, and I had a lot. This is my anecdote. This is my story. Next morning, I woke up. I felt like I was looking for where the mosquitoes had bit me. There's no redness. There was no trauma because I didn't have to scratch. So that really speaks to the power of, you know, it's anti-inflammatory benefits, antibacterial benefits. So whether it's acne or some type of a contact dermatitis or a reaction, there's various ailments, psoriasis. One of my nurses gets flares of psoriasis on her face by wearing the mask. So we really sat down and came up with a formulation of both oral and topical. And a few days later, I looked at her face. I'm like, what happened? She's like, it, it worked. Like her skin was, she still had a, a couple spots, but mostly her skin was like brand new. Like it's whatever the eruption was really healed until the next time she wore another mask. But yeah. Said. So a little long answer. I, I believe in this. I stand by it. We all have different body chemistries with any product, whether it's full spectrum, isolate, CBD topical, or, or other products, please take a moment, do patch testing. Don't take anything for granted. This is your health. This is your skin. You want to have the experience of what you are desiring to experience, right? Without getting harmed. And it just takes a moment to just test before you really do the dive into any product. Yeah. And that seems like the uh, miracle, you know, million dollar fix for the mosquito thing, because (laughs) mosquitoes love me too. And yeah, you, you can go crazy from the itching. In fact, I mean, I'm fighting like scratching the nape of my neck right now, because that's another place where I have a weird breakout right now. And so the itching, the scratching, it makes you feel crazy. I mean, it can just completely take your train of thought and, you know, throw it out the window because you just, you're, you feel like you're going nuts. And so knowing some of these things and using the CBD, you know, that you normally would use as a sublingual. Now I know that it also might help with my mosquito bites. Like this is nice. (laughs) Um, And and when I had my rash and and when we were formulating it uh, with this lab that we've partnered with, um, my husband and I have partnered with, that's actually what I did. I took their serums and I started applying it to where I had residual rash. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was fascinating to me that I received relief. So now let's talk about allergies and cannabis because yeah. I have been consuming cannabis for 24 years. I started after I quit playing sports in college, like a good girl. <laughs> and when I consume <laughs> cannabis, I get a runny nose. I might sneeze a couple of times when I'm combusting it. But if I get it on my hands and then I touch my skin anywhere, I immediately get a breakout. And to me, I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense. I'm allergic to cedar and, you know, other grasses and things. So I I just don't ever hear people talking about an allergic reaction or allergies to cannabis. Have you studied that at all? 
I have actually, and it's and we're still scratching the surface of this, but there's a lot of cross reactivities. So uh, if you're allergic to mold, if you're allergic to cat dander, if you're allergic to certain plants, there is a real possibility that you could also be allergic to to wheat, to the marijuana plant itself, right? Um, in its natural state. Vice versa, there was a site was done in 2018 where they took there's like 2,600 individuals and they're like, okay, to be considered a marijuana user, that means you've had to have had marijuana exposure at least once in 30 days. It was more observational. Then they tested them for allergies after that. And they found that if you have an, if you have exposure to weed or marijuana, especially if you're at risk for allergies, you become more sensitive to some of these other allergens. So what came first, what came second? And as more and more people use it, I think we're going to hear more and more about allergies. But you're right, people are not talking about um, these. And there's different types of allergies. There's you know, more hay fever, you get the itchy eyes, um, sneezing, all the way to the more severe allergic reactions where you can have a rash or it can affect your breathing. But the moment that you do have some type of reaction. I know, again, we're in this pandemic. It's very hard to see certain specialists, but it would be worthwhile calling a dermatologist or calling an allergist and saying, hey, can I get patch tested for the components of this plant? Because I want to know, is my allergy really coming from these compounds? Also, when we talk about topicals, uh, vaping, keep in mind that there's a host of compounds that are going into these products. So you don't know if is it really CBD or is it some other proteins or, or what we call contaminants that are causing you that reaction. Or if you layer one topical on top of another, that can be causing your reaction. But clearly you have a sensitivity. Uh, you've monitored yourself. You've observed yourself. Then the question is, what do you do to mitigate it? should you desire to keep on using. So, Well, and I long time ago discovered my throat would get really itchy when I ate pecans or bananas or avocados. And I'm like, I really love all these things, so I'll just deal with it. And, you know, now 20 something years later, that doesn't happen anymore. I'm not giving into this allergy. <laughs> so like, maybe it'll just go away like the other ones did. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. But I actually did get skin patch testing my entire back, anything you can think of. I got tested for, um, and it was interesting to see the chemicals. Uh, it was really something that I, I have a list of chemicals. Not that I'm going to check everything, but I'm pretty sensitive to certain chemicals. And I have recently thought, okay, let's just break down, call the dermatologist again and you know, go in and maybe do the allergy testing versus just looking for the Band-Aid solution of giving me some steroid to put on my scalp. Like, let's see if maybe I can get to the root of it that way. So that's still on the table. Okay, so now what do we do preventatively to not get all these winter skin irritations? I start getting rashes under my arms and on my neck just from trying to stay warm, but then my body getting hot. So what are the sorts of things that we can do preventatively, 
Like, do we rub CBD oil under our arms? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, you know, it also has to do with humidity, right? And the air quality. Um, and like I said, it's, and people don't realize they may even be reacting to the dyes in our clothes as well. This is something I learned from the skin patching. But, you know, I'm not going to advocate the same thing. You rub CBD all over your body. <laughs> so I, I won't say that. Um, I do believe in sublinguals. That will give you probably half of a fight to try to keep that. But it's, you know, as best as you can, you know, have clothes that are cotton. So cotton is, is less irritating on, on your skin. You can layer it with whatever else. And whenever you can, change your clothes. Cut, dry, take a nice little shower. Do your own personal spa. But to prevent that from happening, I I don't know how you could prevent that. So what I have been trying to do is I have been trying to put CBD topical in the back where the, at the base of the neck, where I know if I'm going to wear something that's going to irritate it. Same thing that I did with my face. It's just really trial. Just going to try and see if it works. But I was really surprised pleasantly. So intellectually, it's one thing. Studying is one thing. And then actually experiencing it is something different. Yes. That's what I loved about your story is like, this isn't just a doctor talking about it. This is a doctor that became the patient that didn't like the information the doctors were giving her. It's in everything you've learned about gut health. It takes what, 20 years to get it back. I'm like, oh, great. I just shot my gut health for how many years by taking the steroids and the antibiotics and everything. But applying, um, and I use the every day. So I am going to send you a package if my team has it. So look for that in the mail. Just, just experiment. You know, put a little application of that uh, CBD topical on the area where you know as a preventative. See if that really helps. And it's true. I mean, with everything in life, we just have to like go all in on ourselves, experiment, find what works and let go of what doesn't. It, it, it's not a bad thing to experiment. So I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. Try to try to do your best to be mindful. Like you said, know your body, know yourself. The other thing would be like the drug interactions. The one thing that I I learned and I've just kind of embedded it in my brain, but I don't know why, is that if you're taking a drug and it says, don't take this with grapefruit, then you shouldn't take that with CBD. Can you explain that a little bit? Uh, yes and no. Um, let, let me take it a different way. What we know is our liver. You've heard about the first pass. Many of the prescribed medications and even over-the-counter medications, the way they get turned off, turned on, um, the way they pass through our, our system, we ingest it. It gets absorbed through our stomach. It goes through our liver to get metabolized. And a CBD is no different. Cannabinoids. They utilize those same proteins, enzymes in our liver to metabolize. So what I'm talking about is, let's say if you're on a blood thinner, and at the same time, you take some cannabis product, well, both chemicals, your blood thinner and the cannabinoids, are going to be competing for those enzymes in the liver to turn one on or turn the other off, make one more sensitive, the other less sensitive. And when that happens, that could cause significant risk to somebody who really needed that blood thinner, right? Or that blood pressure medicine, or that um, hormone medicine, thyroid medicine. There's a list of medications that, that rely on those very same enzymes in our liver to be a beneficial to us. It's no different with this plant. And it can happen, so when you ingest it. 
So that's, that's one of the things I'm talking about is the drug-to-drug interactions, right? Now, with grapefruit, a lot of these medications, if you take it with grapefruit, then you get less of the product, the less of the drug, less of the medication. So that's another thing that you want to do is, you know, which medications can you take to allow your body the optimal opportunity to absorb and do what it needs to do, you know, in, in our bodies. So actually it's interesting. A lot of these uh, drug RX programs, if you put in, well, I bought this medication, just, just try this out. And you know, what are the drug directors? Can I take it with cannabis or CBD? We're starting to see now recommendations to or not to or when to to take the medication with or without cannabis. So there's more and more information. We're just scratching the surface. But with anything new, you don't know how your body is going to react. You need to partner with a physician that's mindful, open mindful to do that due diligence, let alone go to a physician that is well-versed and and has been studying and keeping up with studies on what's most current with cannabis. So we have the care, you know, seizure medications. There's a list of medications that I think of or categories that I put in that chapter for people to be aware of. So that's very important. Yes, absolutely. And another thing you touch on in the book that a lot of people aren't giving a lot of airtime is the cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. And I know someone here in California that has that and she's become, you know, an advocate for talking about it. And, you know, people that are hardcore in the industry, they don't want to hear that stuff. They don't like for people to talk about it or necessarily know about it. But it seems to me that, you know, someone who's had consumed a lot of THC, they've just basically overblown their endocannabinoid system and it yes. become almost allergic to it. Absolutely. People can be allergic to THC itself, let alone getting to such a point. This is the most, one of the most extreme reactions where somebody is just continually nauseous and vomiting and they just can't stop. And the danger of that is you become dehydrated and you become dehydrated. Your organs start to fail because you need hydration to keep good health. So there's another reason for hydration, but yeah, for people, and it doesn't have to be long-term use. I was, I was really looking into this. Uh, they say, well, yeah, if you use high doses of marijuana and THC for a number of years, your receptors become desensitized and, you know, THC is a great antiemetic. It helps to treat nausea. It helps to treat and keep us from vomiting. But if you desensitize and overwhelm your receptors, the exact opposite happens. If you don't get help, you, you can cause real body harm if not die from it. So I'm glad that you brought it up. It's not getting enough airtime. I thought several times whether I should put it in the book or not. I didn't want to scare people. But, but this is important for people to just say, oh, you know, become familiar that there's a possibility. But you can have um, this hyperemesis syndrome even with much shorter time use. Again, everybody's chemistry is different. And, you know, that's another thing to point out is with cannabis, whether it's the THC or CBD, you know, there's that fine line of your sweet spot. And if you overconsume, it can actually cause you the exact problems that you're trying to treat. Like for me with anxiety, 
if I consume too much, I can actually make my anxiety worse rather than helping alleviate it. So, you know, it really is about listening to your body and paying attention and doing your homework and finding your sweet spot so that you you don't ever have to end up in a place where you're getting the hyperemesis syndrome. I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's empowering to know your body. When I meet my patients, uh, I've been trying to train myself not to overtalk, and I'll just ask them, "Tell me, what are you feeling? You know, what have you been experiencing? What have you been noticing? Because you know your body better than me. We're meeting, you know, this once, twice, or three times. But you know, it's, it's like being a doctor is like being a detective. You have to listen and hear and observe your patient." or that individual really is the best person to give you those clues. Uh, so I, I think um, it, it, it shouldn't be overwhelming. It shouldn't be scary. All of us are dealing with so much right now, pandemic or no pandemic. Pandemic is just compounding everything else. You know, if I could tell people, the first step is just to recognize yourself. The moment you can see yourself, recognize yourself, and appreciate yourself, no matter what, storm is going around you, that's the first step in wellness. Know that you matter. You know, as much as we have to perform and prove and and be there for other people, the moment you can say, you know what, I need to take a moment to be there for myself. And then, you know, there's all these tools of wellness and cannabis is just one of those tools. And you have to see whether this is something that can be a benefit to you and, and how. I, I got to tell you something interesting, which is not in the book because I wrote the book right before the pandemic came out. Uh, there are studies that are going on around the world, and, and there's one in, in Canada in particular, where they're trying to see, can they unlock the anti-inflammatory properties of cannabinoids in the fight against COVID? So I'm hoping that more and more will come to pass on that. But I just want to throw that out as a little tidbit, a teaser. I don't have any answers. Well, and I had actually seen that too, and I haven't covered it yet because I I don't know, and I didn't want to throw that out there and it end up being like, you know, false flag doesn't work or whatever. But yeah, I've, I'm curious. I'm following along with that. Now, is there anything that I didn't ask you that's in the book that you want people to know about right now? You know, I mean, first of all, thank you so much um, for the opportunity to, to speak to you and, and to your viewers and listeners. You know, this book, I, I try to make the book not in doctor speak. So for those who are curious, I'm all about education, knowledge. You know, we're learning more and more. So that's how I wrote this book. There is a chapter in the book which I thought would be overwhelming to people, would go over their head. I remember talking to somebody in the publishing company, um, Llewellyn, and I just asked them for their opinion. I said, hey. You know, what did you think about the book? You know, you can be honest with me. I know you're representing me, but just tell me. And uh, what about that chapter where I really talked about the different layers of the skin? Actually, I didn't say that. She first brought up, she's like, you know what? That chapter was probably the most interesting to me. And I was like, it's not too technical. It's not too gross anatomy-ish. And she was like, no, it was fascinating to learn about, you know, what's in our skin. And then from there, it's interesting to see how the different compounds like CBD and cannabinoids in our uh, our system can really benefit and, and how we can protect our skin. But yeah, so there, there's that little chapter and it'd be interesting 
for anyone who reads my book, you know, if you leave a review or you can, you know, reach out to me, I would love to hear your feedback on, you know, various aspects of the book. I, I try and do my best. I'm, I'm hoping that it gives you all, if nothing else, more curiosity. Well, I personally think it's an excellent roadmap, especially, you know, like I told you before, I know a lot of the things in the front half of the book just from being in the cannabis industry and studying these things. But this book is an excellent roadmap. And I agree that, you know, when we understand our skin and we understand that it's the largest organ in our body and that it does so many things. I mean, it's in and out. And I don't know. I just feel like we we neglect our skin. We're, we're worried about our heart or our gut or whatever. And, you know, my grandmother a long time ago gave me a book named Heal Your Face. And mm-hmm. it was how a lot of what's happening in our body is visible in our face, whether or not it's the deep lines across the forehead or in the middle or, you know, starting to get jowls on, you know, in your cheeks. Like all of these things are indicators of what's happening internally. And I think you do a great job in the book of kind of outlining all of that stuff and setting us up to realize the importance of what we're putting on our skin and how our outer reflects our inner. It's a great book. I encourage everyone to give it a shot, and we'll be doing some giveaways, giving away some of your um, autographed copies of the book. So thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, this this was exciting. This is a topic that we could speak on and on and on about, and I, I love your podcast. There's so much to be said, and to have an opportunity to start connecting as you are with people outside of just in my arena, which I mean, I love, I mean, I, I love seeing patients, but he able to add another voice in the stratosphere on wellness. I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate your time and I enjoyed our conversation and I, I really like your book. Thank um, you. I'm really honored by that. Thank yeah. you so much. Absolutely. Um, that you read it and, and, and you actually wrote on it as well. That, that's awesome. <laughs> I love the different colors too. But if you ever have any questions, reach out to me anytime. I, I love talking about this and I'm constantly learning. So it, it's a constant ongoing education. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I hope this chat with Dr. Singal inspires you to get even more curious about the things you're putting in your body and on your skin. As a serial wellness entrepreneur, Dr. Singal is the co-founder and chief medical officer of Athera Beauty, a line of skincare products featuring CBD and hemp. I'll include links to her book and product line in the podcast 172 show notes at casuallybaked.com. And if you learned something new today, please share this podcast with a friend or family member suffering with skin issues. We'll be giving away a few autographed copies of the CBD skincare solution on social. You can find me at Casually Baked on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're so moved, please rate and review Casually Baked on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It not only supports my efforts and the hard work I put into this show, but it also helps other can of curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. It takes a village, people, 
So together, let's puff puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and mixing performed by Q9 Productions. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.